0: Grace, mercy, and peace be to you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our text for today's message is taken from our Gospel reading from John chapter 6, focusing on these words. Jesus said, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. You know, brothers and sisters in Christ, the historic church has long argued about what exactly Jesus means when he speaks these words recorded in John 6. I mean, at first glance, it seems pretty straightforward that given the linguistic cues of the text that he's referencing the Lord's Supper, when uh, that he would later institute at the Passover with his disciples. Where sharp theologians, uh, Martin Luther included, ran into some difficulty with this interpretation comes in verse 53 and verse 54 of the text where Jesus says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now think for a moment about how this might be read to someone outside the Christian faith. I mean, it might seem as if Jesus is saying that that, if you, uh, that you must partake of his body and blood so that you have life, Right? According to the, our understanding of the sacraments, the creation of new life is the, is the function and the gift of, of holy baptism, not necessarily the Lord's Supper. In other words, the words of institution, uh, Jesus certainly promises that, that his presence and his forgiveness of sins are, are there for you in the supper, but, but not necessarily the beginning of new life. So, in reading the passage this way, we might find uh many minds far greater than, than my own have come to the conclusion that to interpret John 6 sacramentally, that is referencing the Lord's Supper, would be to confuse the function of the sacraments and, and make them interchangeable. Well, I'd like to share with you today uh, exactly where we've landed on this debate after a prayer and reading and conversation with other pastors. And to do, uh, to do so I would quote a rather insightful passage from Indiana's own native son, the poet James Whitcomb Riley. If it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, and quacks like a duck, then, sir, I'm inclined to say that it's indeed a duck. Well, John 6 certainly looks like the supper and sounds like the supper when it when reference the eating and drinking of Christ's body and blood, but does, it, does a simple test of logic come to terms with the issue at hand? Must the believer partake of the sacrament of the altar before they can say that they have eternal life? Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, I believe that's asking the question backwards and confusing the gospel with the law. If it's true that new life has been given to you in the waters of holy baptism, then by virtue of the Spirit and the necessity to sustain that new life, the believing Christian will certainly desire to partake the flesh and the blood of their Lord. Saint Ignatius of Antioch once wrote, I have no taste for corruptible food nor the pleasures of this life. I desire the bread of God, which is the flesh of Jesus Christ, who was of the seed of David, And for drink I desire his blood, which is love incorruptible. That to me does not sound like words of a doubting man. Ignatius did not need the sacrament to impart faith to him, to give him new life. No, he desired the body and blood of Jesus for his daily bread because of his faith. Likewise, Jesus did not say, do this so that you may have eternal life. He said, whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood, has eternal life. In other words, the Lord's Supper is true food and drink for those whose life is found in Christ. If there is any law to be found here, it is is a warning not to despise the sacrament or hold it cheaply as the Pharisees did in this passage. If anyone rejects the Eucharist or holds it uh, to be anything but the body and blood of Jesus, how can they honestly say that they have life in him? No, for they do not accept his word, but are limited by their own worldly understanding. For the Jews, the words of Jesus were repulsive because they thought that he was inviting them to break the covenantal law by partaking in a cannibalistic ritual. For the enlightened man of the 21st century, the words of Jesus are, are mere mysticism, mysticism or or only symbolic in nature because our scientific minds tell us that simple bread and ordinary wine cannot possibly contain the body and blood of the hebrew carpenter who lived 2000 years ago but whatever metric or rationale you measure the supper to be anything but jesus body and blood well, then you reject the gift that he gives by its eating and drinking and if that's the case well, then there's no life in you. But this blessed meal is intended, or is is indeed, where Jesus promised that he would be by his word of promise. This is the means by which he shares table fellowship with his elect here in time, and he gives them a foretaste of the feast that is still to come in eternity. If you scoff at this fellowship, then I ask, what life in Christ could you possibly have? But this warning's not for you, dear brothers and sisters in Christ, for you are baptized and believing Christians. And the words of John 6 are words to rejoice over indeed. We rejoice that we have been given life in the Spirit. We rejoice for we have received the fulfillment of Jesus' promise when he said, Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. We rejoice that the same flesh and blood crucified for us on Calvary's cross comes to us in the mystic union with simple bread and ordinary wine. We rejoice that the Lord God of heaven and earth would come to us in a most intimate way. Emmanuel, God is with us and in and with the bread and the wine. Emmanuel, God with us, we are privileged at the altar to call to taste with our tongues and, and see with our eyes that the Lord is good. This is the meals and the means. This is the meal and the means which he has set aside for those who have life in him. Because you have been so blessed, Jesus adds still more blessing. He desires to sit at table with you. He desires communion with you. He wants to dwell with you, to take rest with you, have fellowship with you here in this day with the company of your brothers and sisters in Christ and again in his heavenly banquet hall with all who have believed. So dear brothers and sisters in Christ, receive the Lord again where he comes to you to drink heartily, and eat your fill of this bread of life who comes to be with you and invites you to his table. In Jesus' name, amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.